tendencies. I'm Gabby. And I'm Kim. And we are two paranormal investigators who delve into the depths of the famous and not-so-famous cases of Moida, ghosts, legends, and lore with a healthy dose of debunking. Indeed. Debunking indeed. I'm very excited because once in a blue moon, we get to hang out with an additional person on our podcast. And this moon is blue. We are welcoming my dear friend, also a ghost hunter extraordinaire slash ghosty stories, not really ghost hunter, kind of wanting to be a ghost hunter from time to time, but also mostly just liking spooky, weird shit and horror things. Uh, My dear friend, Kenny Chen. Welcome, Kenny. Hello. Yeah. I'm a bit of a ghost goober. Not the a, ghost a hunter. Goober. <laughs> like the I feel like ghost hand. goober is a it's a better title anyway. I like that more. <laughs> I feel like that was a candy I ate in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like, like gobstoppers. Yeah. Maybe or maybe that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Goose ghost goobstoppers. <laughs> there you go. There it is. But I'm really excited that we have Kenny on today because Kenny and I like geek out super hard about haunted places and anytime we go to said haunted places we'll tell each other about it and geek out and just talk about haunted places so yeah more i'm learning from you most of the time but that's is. still Especially fun like you know it's a good yeah, time right for sure yeah, yeah of course learning is fun learning is so fun that's why our listeners listen too right so hey and kenny you've listened to our podcast before right yeah, listen to a couple of your episodes. I'm not going to say that uh, I listened to all of it because that would be a total lie. That's okay. Uh, definitely listen to the uh, the Betsy Sidaro one. Hell yeah. Which is fantastic. I actually got to see one. her do some improv the other night over I know, at the Silver Lake so Lounge. Oh, nice. It's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So With uh, uh, Mary Holland. Yeah. From your, from your little favorite movie. Uh, Iron, Golden Arm. No, Golden Arm. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to say Iron Fist. Iron Fist, Golden Arm. I don't think that's anyone's favorite anything. (laughs) No, 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 no. That sounds like a good time, though. Uh, But (laughs) I'm actually, like, really stoked to kind of pick your brain a little bit so our listeners can kind of get to know you because they know us already. But I have some questions I wanted to ask you before we get into our topic for today. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the main questions, which I think I know the answer to, is uh do you believe in ghosts uh i absolutely do uh i I, I definitely think they uh, exist and it's also been one of the reasons why i'm uh, i kind of strayed away from religion a little bit you know because like i feel like nothing really connected um the earliest time because i've i mean i mean you guys are probably the best to uh, best type of people for me to kind of divulge yeah that i might have seen some stuff or or encountered some stuff. And it's that kind of stuff that makes you go like, oh, fuck. Because my mom's like, a, I mean, she's a pretty devout Christian. Uh-huh. But she doesn't really push it onto a lot of people. I mean, she uh-huh. might bring it up once in a while. But um, I actually had to ask her, like, um, if there's a heaven and there's a hell, then what the fuck did I just see? You know what I mean? Like, are we living in purgatory? Is this whatever? And then it even leads to conversations. Well, well what if this is all a mistake? Because when this all happened, the stuff that I've seen, I saw when I was younger. So then I, I, with my curious mind, I started bumbling up other ideas like, Mom, are you okay with the idea if, like, 
Jesus was really an alien and God was like, you know, a UFO and like Jesus was on Mount Olive and he got sucked up by God, you know, through a UFO. <laughs> and my mom just told me to shut the fuck up. But like, you know, that's about it. Yeah. But yes, to answer your question, I do believe in ghoul, uh, ghosts. Ghouls. Uh, hey. I guess ghouls too. That's but, us. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I kind of knew the answer. I knew some of that context, but I always love hearing more. So what, obviously, you kind of sort of answered this, but what made you get into the paranormal? Um, I think it was because of television shows, like, like um, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, <laughs> yeah. As a kid, it was always like Unsolved, I think Unsolved Mysteries was the first and only thing that I saw that got me into it. I know there was a, a thing called sightings, but that was like a little, like a couple years after. But I think yeah. the earliest was Unsolved Mysteries. There was a bunch of like UFO abduction stuff and ghost stuff, right? And like um, because of that, so I started got really, I started getting really curious about it. And whenever we go to the library, and I don't know if you guys remember like every week in elementary school, you get to go to, you get a trip to the library and you get to yeah. check out like two books. Big deal. Yep. And my, yo, yeah, totally big deal. And like, um, the only books I only like borrow are like ghost sightings, alien abductions, or like the, or single, single books. I remember these orange hardcover books about each of the, uh, the universal monsters, like, you know, like a wolf man or creature for the black lagoon or something. So I got like really into that kind of stuff. And also like, dude, like Ghostbusters was like my favorite movie and like that made me like ghosts and at the time also like the real ghostbusters so there was a lot of ghosty stuff around and so uh yeah got me super super interested into got you pretty jazzed gave you the jazz hands over ghosts and i believed it so much that even like with the alien abduction stuff i know this i know there's not ghosts i would read up on this stuff so much that i actually scared myself and so like with the ufo abduction stuff like i thought that i could get abducted and I got so terrified sleeping by myself that my mom bought me like a pup tent to put over my bed. So it was like this camo tent oh. I put over my bed and like that way I felt like, all right, now the aliens can't see me. They can't abduct me. I'm a camouflage basically. And the only like visual I could see was like a little mesh square that I could look outside. And when you look through the uh, mesh square, it's like the window. So I can nice. kind of see outside to see if the aliens are coming. So, yeah, it's that is dedication right there. I love that. (laughs) That's awesome. So you mentioned that you've had some personal experiences. What's the last one that you remember? It was 2005, I think. And it was at an aunt's house. And um, I remember I was it was the middle of the night. We were visiting my aunt and. Uh, I woke up and I was you know, thirsty, whatever. And so I got out of bed and walked down the hallway. It was dark. And uh, she has like wooden floors. And uh, as I walked towards the hallway, I could hear footsteps coming towards me. So I thought it was like, you know, I don't know, it could be my mom or, you know, a cousin or whatever. And so like I kind of moved as, as, as it comes to you, as it came toward me, I moved to the side and I just heard the footsteps walk by me and there was no one there. So it was like a Doppler effect, you know, where it was like yeah. quiet, loud, and then walked behind me. I'm like, 
oh god, fuck, 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 fuck. But I'm so thirsty, and I still like went to the kitchen and got water. I like drank a shit ton and then like ran back in. But I think that was like the, the last like uh, one that was that really stood out, or nice. I could actually feel like it's weird. Yeah. Did it make like the hairs stand up on your arms? Kind of. Yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I know uh, I, I said Ghost Hunter. I'm sorry. That was the wrong label. But the only reason I mentioned that is because I know you like to go to places that are haunted and see if you can catch something from time to time. Have mm-hmm. you ever done, like, an actual investigation? Never done an actual investigation. Sorry to let you guys down. Wow. That's what I'm saying. I'm not a ghost hunter. I'm just an idiot who likes to go to haunted places. That's you know, fair. Like- we were all there in the beginning. <laughs> I'm oh, still kind right of there. Everyone has to start somewhere. Sure, sure. I mean, like, I remember the last weird place I went to was um, out in here in L.A. We have a place called the Five Star Bar where mm-hmm. a lot of, like, crust punks would play or hardcore bands. Yeah. And they were they had, like, a, a dark wave, like, night in the back of the bar, which I didn't know existed. So, like, you pass the usual stage that you go to. When you go through it, all of a sudden, oh, this, the, the back room turns into, like, this vaulted ceiling. So it's, like, two Ooh. stories, but, like, cool. there's no... The second story is missing, so it's like a gigantic it's ceiling. Really high ceilings. Like, high ceilings, yes. And then like um, I'm looking around like, fuck, this is all haunted. But because like because there used to be a second floor, on my left there were these stairs that just went all the way up and just it looked comically <laughs> long, you know, like, holy shit. And just looked eerie as fuck. And then below next to it there was like, this uh, door that looked super old, and this waitress is walking around. I'm like, hey, yeah. Uh, What's behind that door? Just, I'm just really curious. And she's like, oh, it's like it leads to like this basement. It's really creepy. You don't think you want to go there. I'm like, yeah, can you show me what it looks like? Blah, blah. Like, can I she's go? Like, All right. Yeah. She's like, yeah, come with me. And, wa- and we, she somehow got, she got me. It's not somehow. She opened the door. Whatever. <laughs> and yeah, it was just like, I took out my flashlight on my phone and it was just like, in there, there was just like weird old barrels and all that stuff. And they, she said this was like a prohibition era, like, Ooh. like uh, a place where they, they hid their booze, whatever. The but booze and like, the yeah. booze. In the booze. I was hoping, like, I hope there was a boo coming out of that uh, booze uh, basement. And sadly enough, nothing. You know, always disappointed. Just alcohol. How, what a disappointment. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the other places um, I know that you've checked out because we talked about it was Cal State uh, Channel Islands. Yes. And uh, that happens to be our topic for today is not just the school and talking about what they offer to their students, but uh, what was offered prior to it being a school. Um, So out of curiosity, Kenny, what do you know? Tell me about your experience with that place. Well, (laughs) all all I know about that place is that it's a it's a great place for a a young 18 or 20 year old to go fuck around in, you know, and goof off because that's, that's what we, that's what I originally intended to do. So what I heard, how I heard about it was through some friends saying like, Oh man, this is a, a haunted hospital. And luckily at the time, my friend Dave, who's also a big ghostbuster head like me, we're like, yo, we should go investigate. You know what? In, you know, in, in retrospect, maybe we did go investigate because we had like a heat laser thermometer and like an EVP kind of shit. But we were also like goofing around. It wasn't like super serious, and we did bring a camera in there. Hmm. <laughs> so like we did we did record stuff. I know we have stuff on tape. Um, 
But we originally went there just to, yeah, I think we originally went in there just to go goof around and go see if we could find ghosts, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we would go, uh, goof around and look uh, and, and just kind of like uh, soak up the ambiance, especially because like we love uh, uh, sp spooky uh, uh, environments. And sure. this place, once you walk in, it was already super spooky because I remember the first thing that scared us the most was there was constant pipe clanging. And I don't know how. I don't know if there was like a, I don't know how pipes work or the heating system works. I don't know if there was like some sort of boiler room situation, but like uh -huh. it was constant clang, clang, clang. And it was always like, it was never on beat. So it was, it was, it was so that, that added to the whole eeriness. Um, when we walked in, it felt like when we walked in, everything was still there. I would say like, as if everybody dropped their stuff and just left because there was still like beds and like IVs and like oh dang when you look when we look in the ground there was like paperwork all over the place and oh wow think, I, I've looked up that I look I checked out some of the papers and some of them were like dated like 1982 oh dang so like it was like super weird why, wait I mean, when like, was this when did you go this was around 2002 or three I would say okay and so like. It is strange how, like, it's just still a mess. So I guess when they were moving out, maybe stuff was falling, you know, was all over the place or whatever. Because in 2003, at that time, I think Cal State Channel Island, Channel Islands has already been yeah. around for at least yeah. probably about, like, four or five years by now. Actually. Right? 98. It closed as a hospital in 97. Yeah. And 2001 was when Cal State Channel Islands opened. And 2002 was when they started to first offer their classes. Oh, wow. So, so I must have been there at the very beginning when they were having, like, students and stuff. Because I, I, we did talk to, like, uh, professors and, like, uh, administrators over there before. So there nice. was no doctors yet. But, yeah. But there, there was nothing. Nothing was not, – uh, the hospital was untouched. Interesting. So, like, when the school started, that thing was – you know, not there at all. So yeah. someone could have like probably gone and taken a nap in an abandoned bed in between classes. Oh, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> and probably did. And probably did yeah. and maybe got touched in the meantime. <laughs> but um, was there anything that was super exciting or funny or like cool that happened to you when you were quote unquote air quote investigating? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of fun stuff. I mean, like, uh, we we went to the we went we went went straight to the morgue you know B, B one it was super cool because uh, we've never I've never really been to a morgue before even the fact I I tried to go to a morgue because I used to volunteer at a hospital mm -hmm. and we would be like denied again there so like finally I'm at a morgue and when you're at you a morgue it. what do you do you're like oh, I gotta get I gotta get that POV experience of what it's like <laughs> to be dead and we hopped <laughs> into those things and pushed myself in we we. Uh, <laughs> We would go and lay on the, uh, what'd you call that? Gurney? Like the slabs? The, yeah, the, the slabs. fridge. Yeah, the fridge, right. We would, oh, yeah. pull, out the, we would pull out the, the, the tray or whatever, lay on it, and go and <laughs> lock ourselves in there and just, like, you know, see what it was like. It was fun. It was scary. You know, I thought there was going to be cockroaches on my, uh, my face and all that stuff. But I remember, like, across <laughs> the way, um, in the same area, another weird thing was that um, it was a room and it was lit. It was, so since we're in the basement, it was lit by this small window that was located near the first floor. You know, kind of, you know, like when you watch those movies, 
those basement with that one small rectangular window with light coming in. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You see people's feet. It was one of those type of windows. And when you walk in, uh, it was just a room full of chain link cages. Oh, so like geez. one after another. So it was super weird. And we kind of guessed that it's probably probably for like, you know, patients who are probably like unruly or something. Or maybe they or maybe it was a kennel where they kept dogs. I wasn't really sure. But it was just so eerie to be just like in a room with gigantic cages. I mean, they were pretty they look they were pretty big, like humans could be in it. You know, so they probably were. Which is why they were so big. Either humans are just really big dogs, Great Danes. They had yeah. a kennel of Great Danes. <laughs> I don't know. I love a dog. I'll choose yeah. a dog any day over a ghost. Um, big time. Oh, there's true. one time we brought my our, a friend, my friend John Luke. This guy, uh, we brought him along because he he didn't believe in ghosts, and we thought it'd be fun to bring him along. It's like fuck with him. And another thing that was weird was that the electricity was still on. Uh-huh. And there was this one hallway, uh, this, I guess it was uh, this patient quarter, but there was a, we heard a hum in this one uh, intersection of a hallway, and an electrical hum. And I would notice like, oh my God, I think the speakers are still on. And so like, while we're walking towards the hallway, we, at this intersection, I, I saw like a nurse's like little corner, a little nook, and there was the intercom controllers. Uh-oh, I know what you're <laughs> I just about like, to say. Oh, shit. So he kept on walking. He couldn't see me. It's all dark. And my buddy Dave had like a flashlight phone. Straight up, turn it on, and when like you know, just straight up when like, oh John Luke, and, you, and suddenly like <laughs> the highest pitch, you know, like Mariah Carey level, like fucking <laughs> scream, like belting out, and uh, yeah, it's, yeah. scared the shit. Uh, out. It, was, it was great. It was uh, that's amazing. It was such a joy. Yeah. So just you know, no ghosts, but definitely some uh, fun times. <laughs> Happened oh, sorry. For you there, was there. Like, there was a little bit of a ghost situation. Oh, there was. What, what yeah, happened? What did you see? Where, oh, we didn't see. We, we felt it was. Feel. It was okay. A, yes, it was a. We were. It was. It was a warm night, and then all of a sudden, it was like a, a sudden chill. Mm-hmm. So we, with a laser thermometer, that's where we used like la- a laser thermometer came in. But yeah, we we felt the chill. We stopped in this hallway, and we're like, "Holy shit!" We were very warm earlier and all of a sudden like this fucking coldness came in dave please fucking whip out that thermometer and he put the thermometer near us and it was like about like 65 or something like that and then when he whipped it back it was like basically another 10 like degrees warmer outside so it's like it was super weird and we just fucking like ran off and all that shit the only time we thought that we saw ghosts was from was when um we were, I forgot what wing we were at. It was lit up though. Was, there was lights at this area. And we, we, we heard a, 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 rust, a, a, a pattering sound, like a footsteps going, you know, running, like a, foot, like a footsteps pattering type of sound. Mm-hmm. And we saw something run across from us when we were coming up to another intersection. Oh, was, was it a trash panda? It was not a trash panda. After a closer inspection on our VH, on our, on our uh, video camera, we found out. There was a fox loose in the uh, hospital. So that's, and what that's, did that's the fox say? That's what he said. It was, uh, it was very informative. It was his way of saying, like, get the fuck out of here, uh, assholes. Well, I'm glad that you made a friend uh, when you got to visit. 
So, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, there's a lot of information about this place. I love hearing the firsthand experience, but I think what would be really cool is if we could talk through the the history of the Cal State Channel Islands original title of the Camarillo State Mental Hospital. Kind of talk about what happened there um, to real people in real life and how it was portrayed to be one thing and actually something else. And then we can kind of get into some of the stories and lore and residuals, if you will. Not the money kind, but the ghosty kind. Uh, does that sound good? Cool. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. So, Kenny, if you have anything you want to add as we're doing this, by all means, okay. jump on in. The water's warm. <laughs> so let's talk about where we are. We are talking about Camarillo. So for those who don't know where that is, Kenny and I know it well. It's near where we're both from. Um, it's about an hour north of L.A. And technically speaking, it used to be a small farming town right between the Santa Monica Mountains and the Pacific Ocean. Just right smack in the middle. If you drive by it, they have some outlets with some cheap shopping if you want to go uh, these days. But uh, back in the day, it was just a bunch of farmland, basically. Uh, currently... Cal State Channel Islands is there, and as Kenny mentioned, it used to be the Camarillo State Mental Hospital. It was originally built in a co-partnership between uh, the state of California and the Federal Public Works Administration, Hmm. and it was founded by President Roosevelt's New Deal program. The intention was to serve as an aid to neighboring hospitals during... uh, an opportunistic time, if you will, and a time when uh, institutions weren't doing so hot and needed some help. But what's really interesting is during the research of this, Kim, I got to give some shout outs to because she found some real great research. I know, Kenny, you also went and were looking at some archives of some things, too. Um, but one of the main pieces uh, that I used with a lot of the research that I did, and I have to give a shout out for it up top, is a thesis that was written. Sorry, I have to find it. I don't know where it went. It was a great paper. It was really good. Um, And it was called, This Could Be Heaven or This Could Be Hell, A History of the Camarillo State Hospital by Tatum Louise Koval. Oh, I love Um, the name. Yeah. Title's great. Really great. Um, And Tatum did their due diligence with research. So I'm going to give that a huge shout out because a lot of the information I found was through that thesis. So just note that moving forward, there were a handful of other articles and actual like newspaper clippings, some grand jury stuff we found that we went through, but Kim love you friend, love your friend for <laughs> finding these things that I just sometimes can't find. Um, really solid, solid support between a ghoulish partner. You know what I mean? I do what I can. Appreciate you friend. Um, so anyway, and you the, can find the full list of sources in our, our show, notes show notes on the website at ghoulishtendencies.com. So anywho, um, the actual institution started to be, um, kind of dug into, if you will, literally, um, in 1933, um, on August 15th is when the groundbreaking started. So that's when they started building it. It actually took them over three years to make it. Uh, it opened on October 12th, 1936. What else was going on during this time? Hmm. 
Hmm. What could it be? What could it be, Gabby? What could it be? <laughs> a lot of people struggling, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, we're we're right. heading, heading into to some, some conflict, too. <laughs> oh, yes. Quite a bit. Uh, specifically, the Great Depression mm-hmm. was happening around this time. Um, and there was a pretty serious struggle with people either not doing so hot and then society not knowing what to do with people or how to label them, things of that nature. Racism was really a strong thing, uh, strong presence. What? What? In our country? What? Lots of factors that were Mm. not so hot, right? Lots of things going on. Um, And what's interesting is that the... When the institute opened, it only housed 410 patients within the first year. It grew to house over 7,000 patients by mm-hmm. 1957, which is huge. And it was actually considered to be the largest psychiatric hospital west of the Mississippi. Huge. Yeah. So as one of the largest mental hospitals in the nation, uh, the Camarillo State Hospital provided uh, a lot of beds for these vagrant populations, quote unquote vagrant, um, to be detained, to give them a place to be and a label, while, you know, simultaneously portraying itself to be this grandiose showpiece of a medical modern um, building in a developing city, right? Because it's all about how you look. So the asylum actually helped people who were overall developmentally disabled as well as those with mental illnesses, things like schizophrenia, autism, tuberculosis, drug or alcohol addiction was a huge one back in the day too, specifically alcohol. I'll get into that in a bit. Um, But you didn't really see a ton of like violent and sexually violent patients housed there. They went to the Atascadero State Hospital. So people were generally pretty mellow at this location. That's interesting that it's tuberculosis is on that list because that's not really like a mental thing at all, right? So like that's pretty crazy. But it it wasn't uncommon to put uh, people with medical ailments like that into sanitariums. Interesting. Um, I have no idea. Yeah, it was a pretty common practice. Well, and you even look at – I mean like – our friend, Dr. Linda Hazard, Gabby, oh, no. her oh. hospital was called, she called it a, a sanitarium of wellness. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. there were times she said she was keeping people there for their own good. And that, that yep. was mixed in with all the other people. So it was a it was a strange time when it came to defining some of these things. That's true. <laughs> it's very Got true. It. Very true. And Rosemary Stevens wrote a book in 1989 called In Sickness and in Wealth, American Hospitals in the 20th Century. And in that book, she argued that um, the main motive for many generations of hospital administrations was for the potential of profit. Money, honey. What? Uh, In our country. (laughs) What? Money. Money, please. Money, please. Money, please. So um, that was one of the main reasons that Camarillo opened. And there's a a few other things to take into consideration. Context is important too, right? So the Camarillo construction project was proposed and executed during a time of apprehension toward vagrant, quote unquote, vagrant populations. 
Mm. Um, Cropsy. There was quite a bit of economic downfall, obviously, you know, Great Depression, and uh, a ton of institutional overcrowding happening between hospitals and prisons and what have you. Prisons, hospitals, and jails were overflowing with people that needed to go elsewhere. There was not enough space for them. And Camarillo was looked at as the solution. This is the Band-Aid that's going to fix everything because not it's not what you see currently. It's not a prison. It's not a hospital. This is a progressive new approach uh, with new strategies. Basically, it was a falsified image of modernity and progress to the public in a time of negative representations of state mental hospitals because people didn't exactly think, you know, rainbows and cupcakes when they thought about state mental hospitals at the time. (laughs) So let's go back to that context and timing. So before the institution was built, You have to wonder, what were the people of Camarillo thinking when they were told that there was going to be a mental institution put in their backyards? Not in my backyard. Won't someone think of the children? (laughs) It's really funny. Well, I mean, it was so, there was nothing there, though, at the time, right? As I recall. Well, there were farms, right? There's a lot of farming and things like that going on in that area. There still is in Oxnard. As I recall, like, the place had to function itself like its own village. So there wasn't really, there was no, like, it wasn't like a proper city. There was no real Thousand Oaks till like, I want to say, 50s, when it really started thriving, maybe. True, but there were still 40s. people. There were still people well, there, who lived there, right? There were still people, but not enough to be like, get the fuck out. You know, they can't, they, not enough for them to be like, you're ruining my neighborhood. It's like, you're ruining my single farm. privacy. You're yeah, ruining my farm. You're ruining my <laughs> yeah. cornfield. Exactly. Well, uh, the people who complained were the farm owners. So really? Okay. To be fair, yeah. they The farm owners in Ventura County, this wasn't even just in Camarillo, like Ventura County as a whole, protested actually against the location wow. of the asylum. And city members listed their concerns as uh, <laughs> they centered on, quote, the proximity of the inmates at Camarillo and the detrimental influence on the ha- on the happiness of women and children in the vicinity, end quote. Kim, you knew what I was going to say. Well, somebody think of the children. <laughs> but, you know, it was argued that this is actually going to be profitable for the surrounding areas. This is going to bring not just uh, people who need help, but people who need jobs because it's going to provide jobs for that area. So as a whole... Over a thousand people would be given permanent employment once the hospital opened. So not only would it be good for the neighborhood, <laughs> it would give people jobs. It would require more things to be around and develop the area a little bit more. So, okay, fair, get it. But at the same time, again, being around the Great Depression, you would think that they wouldn't be spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars on a building. But guess what? They did. So... A state mismanaging money? What? Not in our country. Never. <laughs> so this is going to be a hashtag of, of this episode. Hashtag not in our country. Oh, no. People will not know what we're talking about because there's so many things. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so we need something more specific. <laughs> but keep Don't thinking. I like think it. think of the children. We can do that. That's one. I like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, state architect George McDougal. Good name. Great name. Great name. Uh, He had an initial budget. He was the uh, architect behind the place, and his initial budget was $1.7 million. 
Oh, wow. Think about how That's much the money that money was. That Wait, like, I want to know. That was what? Was that 36 you said? 33. 1933. 33. 1. 1.6? 1. 1.7 million. 1.7 in 1933 to today. I always love doing this. <laughs> the value of $1933 to today. What is, what is it? What is it? What is it? 1.7 million calculate is, holy balls, $36,169,333.77, bitches. That is wow. oddly holy specific. Yes. Yeah, it is. You're but also, like, coming out of the Great Depression, I'm just like, what the hell, man? That's Whoa. so wild. You're saying that you're saying that doesn't seem very sound very depressing to you. Like it's, <laughs> it does. I mean, it's depressing, but in a different way. You know what I mean? Um, but me. apparently, his budget had to be cut down from 1.7 million to 700 thousand because Great Depression. Um, mm. So he ended up the style of the buildings. I know Kenny, you saw it because you went mm. there. The style of the buildings um, are actually considered to be kind of a cottage plan layout. So it's lots of different buildings kind of in a row. It's supposed to resemble a resort, lol. Um, And the style of the actual buildings themselves is a Spanish mission style with red tile roofs and white Pueblo walls. Mm -hmm. Um, The design focused on resolving overcrowding, historical and natural enhancement, and functionality. I got that email. Got it. (laughs) And the sheer size of the facility itself gave people hope that, you know, overcrowding is not going to be a problem. Maltreatment will never happen. Not at Camarillo. <laughs> Little did that. they know. So uh, beyond its beautiful exterior, a darker story was waiting to be told. Malnourishment, patient abuse, and even murder was uh, definitely hidden behind the labels of progressive treatments and supposed revolutionary research projects. So on March 16th, 1936, uh, the director of state institutions, Harry Lutgens, named Dr. Thomas W. Haggerty as the first medical superintendent of the Camarillo State Hospital. And he had to have everything go out with a bang. He had to have a huge grand opening ceremony. And guess what they had at this grand opening ceremony? Uh, Puppies. I wish. That sounds like such a nice time. Gotta be. They had a mariachi band. Oh, very sure. nice. That's fitting. Really festive. Um, and so then they let the floodgates of transferred patients from overcrowded hospitals and jails in, and then reality set in. So not only were the vagrants, quote unquote, welcomed into the hospital, but guess who else they welcomed in? People with drinking problems, people with money and drinking problems, wealthy kids from wealthy families because they partied too hard in Hollywood. Okay. Um, so, you know, technically, I always think Camarillo is so far from Hollywood. I'm always like, that's just not that close. But I guess it's like an hour away-ish, right? So being so close to the addictive Hollywood nightlife, uh, Camarillo was used as, uh, you know, institutions of control. For upper class parents who were ashamed of their children who would not do what they wanted. Talk about first world problems, am I right? Mm. Uh, also, can you imagine putting your child into a mental institution because they like to party? Like, wow. I mean, isn't it like the threat of military school? I 
guess so. It's similar, but, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's a quick, it's a, it's a quick turnaround. <laughs> 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 oh, this kid sucks. Dropping the mental institution. I think there's yeah. a lot of, there must be a lot of stories about you know kids winding up there and then being. But uh, especially women. I mean, yeah. I know that that was a problem for for women in this time because they already mm-hmm. had less rights. And if a husband, well, uh, I know this was a problem because this is what happened to my great grandmother. <laughs> Oh my Whoa, gosh, really? Do tell. Not this hospital, but oh God, this is one of those like, mom, dad, if you're listening, please stop. Um, <laughs> no, uh, my, it's my grandmother's a hundred. She's not listening. She doesn't even know what a podcast is. That's so there's that. My great grandmother was here from Croatia as was my, my great grandfather. That was my dad's side of the family. And she didn't speak a lot of English and they were very, very, very Catholic as that side of the family is. And, uh, he was apparently not always fulfilling of his vows of not coveting thy neighbor's wife. And Ooh. she Ooh. was giving him crap about it. And uh, he had her committed. Damn. That's and, crazy. So like, uh, uh, what? And she barely spoke any English and that was part of it. Like she couldn't say a whole lot in her defense, but. Uh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's they, like some they, fun family. Do you sort of test? With her, like? no, it was the 30s. No, oh, okay, it was the 30s. <laughs> it was the 30s. Never mind. <laughs> it was the 30s. It was, I think, Oregon is probably where because that's where my grandmother was at the time. This is like all the fun laundry that I'm currently airing out. Sorry, dad's Love side it. of the family. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, um, the, the current belief amongst the family because again, she what's what's extra sad is that um, she passed away in a halfway house in like the 70s. And for years, my grandmother was had said she was dead. So, like, oh, wow. my dad never met her. My aunt and uncle never met her. And my aunt finally found out the truth, and she went and started looking for her. And at that point, she'd only passed away recently. Oh, dang. That's yeah. so weird. That's wow. so sad. But, I mean, like, it's such a shining example of, like, because Catholics don't divorce. Catholics mm-hmm. don't divorce. Not 1930 Croatian Catholics. You don't, you don't divorce. So no. this was the alternative. It's interesting that you say that because the example I was going to use was Wilma Carnes, who's mm-hmm. a woman. Um, and just to give a quick disclaimer, I'm not going to get into like the full detail of her story. There's a lot in that thesis I mentioned about her. She did a there's a great great section in there about Wilma Carnes' experience. But she was admitted to the Camarillo State Hospital in 1939 for a diagnosis of alcohol dependency by her mother. Her mom put her there. And apparently her cure demanded restriction of her promiscuous lifestyle and in turn protection for her mother's reputation in affluent Hollywood society. Is this where affluenza comes from? Is this not (laughs) the same vein? Affluenza? Yeah, affluenza. Caught the affluenza. <laughs> Stupid. Kim, I really love when you make dumb yeah. jokes. It really no, that's a, I'm not even joking. That was used as a defense in that one that one trial. Oh, the affluenza? affluenza? Yeah, I know about the, the, that. The, oh, geez. No, it was a guy who, it was a stupid-ass kid who, like, I, and forgive me if I'm getting some of the details wrong, but I don't even know what you're talking about, so you're was fine. In, I, he was drunk or high or both, and he got in a car accident and, like, killed people because, oh you know. And the defense he used was that, like, he didn't know any better because he was too privileged. <laughs> oh, my God. 
And you want to guess what? Term- do you you want to guess what what uh, his ethnicity was? He's a white male. That's He's a he white is. male. <laughs> yep, sure yeah. is. Wow. Well, that was a fun road to go down. So, uh, speaking of fun roads, Wilma Carnes Road is not fun, but we're going to talk about it. Um, yeah. So, anyway, check out the details of her stuff on our show notes if you want to look into it more. But over a third of the populations admitted uh, into the hospital were on treatment plans for alcohol dependency. So, alcoholism was a huge, huge, huge thing. And uh, there's this other thing called eugenics. Are you guys familiar with eugenics? Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who are listening that don't know what that is, I'm going to give you a definition and some information behind it. With eugenics, uh, it's the study and belief of intentionally arranging reproduction within a human population to increase the occurrence of heritable uh, characteristics society regards as desirable. So if you have undesirable characteristics, They don't want to reproduce with you. And a lot of things that actually happened were uh, involuntary sterilizations to prevent people that had problems from reproducing, Um, which is so messed up on so many levels. Uh, And that was something that happened at Camarillo, unfortunately. And one of the not so desirable traits was alcoholism. Full circle back to Wilma Carnes. So there was quite a bit of uh, fucked up shit happening at Camarillo. Some other, I'm just going to get through a big chunk of that real quick and not have okay. a negative Nancy type of episode. Too bad, but we got to get through it. <laughs> you mean you mean like the last one? <laughs> the last one really did a number on us. Uh, <laughs> that was a real sad day um, and time. But we got to talk about these things, so it's okay to talk about them. Just know that we will have a good time later. We just got to get through the facts, because you got to know what happened, because if we facts. don't talk about the facts, what's the point? And so, like the facts, not the like facts machine facts. The f- facts Holy with shit. a C-T. <laughs> hey. uh, I'm out of here. Oh right. my gosh, I'm really <laughs> loving these jokes. Kim, can you do these all the time? I'm really happy right <laughs> this now. This is so one night only, Gabby. But it makes me so happy. To okay, be fair, but the affluenza one wasn't me making a pun. I was referencing an actual court case. <laughs> but what I don't know about the court case, that's what it sounds like. It sounded 100%. <laughs> We're moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about the fucked up shit that happened at Camarillo State Mental Hospital. So, patients are rumored, rumored to have undergone electroshock therapy as well as uh, other abuse such as immersion in tubs of hot water followed by being wrapped in icy towels. Lobotomies were a thing. Uh, And there was a lot of generalized patient abuse and negligent deaths. Um, Patients were also often left alone in restraints, heavily drugged, and just left in isolation rooms. It was really, really, really awful. And the facade of what was happening behind closed doors in this beautiful asylum started in the front yard. So what was really wild was whenever they would have people come visit, any visitors, they would put only the, the girls who had alcoholism issues, who still looked pretty okay, out around. So people that would see... Patients would only see the good ones and they'd lock up all the ones that are extra messed up and they would literally, literally spray paint the grass a vibrant green 
to hide how bad the landscaping conditions were due to limited fertilizer and water budget. Oh, wow. And they would only do it when people were coming to visit. They also would uh, make the dining room look immaculate and beautiful anytime they would have visitors. But the reality was that people were actually being fed minimal rations of macaroni full of weevils and rice full of bugs. And the funding that was being given to them was being spent to upkeep the building and the facilities, not the grass, um, not to take care of the patients. The patients' meals were even decreased to two meals per day instead of three, which then affected people's mental and physical states just because they weren't getting enough nutrition. They had malnutrition due to not just only eating twice a day, but they didn't eat fruits or vegetables either. And so that really affected them too. This sounds exactly like... When Dennis Rodman comes to visit North Korea, <laughs> what would happen? <laughs> they start dressing it up all beautiful. Yes, we love basketball. We have musicals and we have fancy cars and happy people. But yeah, everybody's yeah. eating bugs and shit and whatever. Yeah, this is yes. Very, North very Korea much like is that. Camarillo State Mental Hospital. <laughs> Bam. Dennis Rodman are the visitors. He is the yeah. visitors. Yes, exactly what you said. Um, The patient neglect due to the overcrowding was exasperated, especially because the food levels decreased and it was all continuously held back from um, the public. No one knew that this was happening unless you were in it. But what's really interesting, too, is that with everything going on, they had really insanely long days. And so... One of the things that they thought would be a great thing to contribute to society with this new place is the fact that kind of what you were saying before, Kenny, how they could farm on their own land and create their own produce and kind of be sustainable in their own space. But guess who was doing all the work? The prisoners. There was the people there, right? The prisoners. prisoners, The patients. Patients. Yes, of course. I thought you said prisoners. I'm like, yeah. I did because they basically were. Um, Okay. And truly, they were the ones doing all the work. Their work days, quote unquote, were from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. with no breaks, only to eat two times a day, um, which could have been probably before and afterwards, but I don't know details in that. Um, They were also threatened with punishments if they didn't perform to the ability that the, um, you know, the people working there thought was good enough. And their punishments were three days of solitary confinement in a cell without windows if their work wasn't up to par which is so messed up. It's like a living hell. And just to give you an example of some other terrible treatment, Stephen Miller, he was a patient admitted for schizophrenia. He died of starvation at 33 years old in his hospital bed after being left unattended for many days and no one reported it until two years later. Mm, And the family tried to sue and like come for... Uh, Camarillo, and nothing ever came of it. In 1949, the Camarillo State Hospital opened the first children's treatment center ward. Oh, good. Really fantastic for the kids. Um, Great. So you'd think, yeah, maybe they're doing some nice things. It's 1949. Things are progressing forward. Maybe. I don't know. That's what you'd like to think. Um, The hospital... uh, Hospital stays in 1972 were five times shorter than those in 1958. Um, so, like, technically, maybe as time went by, they just were keeping people there less long, but they had a higher turn rate. But yeah. at the same time, things were still not good. 
And shit really hit the fan after 1975. In 1976 to 1977, there was a grand jury trial in Ventura County after 54 people died over the span of five years. Holy shit, that's a ton. Mm. That's fucked. So in one case, Joyce Brogdon was 52. She was strangled to death by another patient on February 1st, 1975. I'm going to give examples of a couple. Obviously, I'm not going to give you all 54 people. Are there, um, are there kid ones, too? Like child-related deaths? Honestly, I not, but I, it just makes it even more devastating. There might have been. I don't have all of the details. So if you want to look it up, by all means, check it out. I, I didn't find anything that deep. So um, I don't know. But I'll tell you who I do know about. It's people who are kind of like middle, not even middle-aged, like average adult ages. Um, on February 4th, 1976, there was a guy, Thomas Riddle. I read an article about this. Kim sent it to me. Thanks, Kim. Sorry. Tom Riddle. <laughs> Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle. Yeah. Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle. Not funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible, you guys. Um, he was 37 years old. He was, this is a quote, a Long Beach man close to death from nearly fatal doses of drugs and alcohol was given a heavy dose of tranquilizers by attendants at Camarillo State Hospital and died two hours later. Hmm. Allegedly, he was also strangled. (laughs) Unfortunately, he had gone voluntarily to Camarillo to enter Hmm. the detoxification center. But the way he was treated was wild. His body was found two hours later. Shackled hand and foot in an isolation room. Holy crap. So other cases, I'm not going to get into it, but other cases include drug overdoses, decapitations, which like I need to understand what happened. Um, Drowning. your head just gets separated from the rest of your body, Gabby. What's there? You just pull the ribbon and your head falls off. Exactly. That hasn't (laughs) happened like you've never pulled somebody's ribbon and then their head's fallen off? Goals. I mean... Like that at least twice a week. <laughs> no, I, I kind of want to know what the how that happened. The decapitation. Like, I want to know how they how that happened, but also like, I kind of don't at the same time. Really? Um, but what if it was like a, a, a cafeteria tray uses a frisbee, ooh. went really fast, and just went whoop, sliced it right off. I think those trays were made of metal even at the time, so to sharpen a little. That's right. Mm. I really love the creativity on this uh, episode. It's really bringing me joy. <laughs> Um, How creative. How creative. Decapitations with cafeteria. (laughs) Baked potatoes. If you sharpen the baked potatoes. I was going to say, is that a euphemism? (laughs) (laughs) For what? I don't know. That's one stale potato. (laughs) It's bad Um, cooking. Uh, but yeah, there were decapitations, drownings, starvations, hangings, and allegedly quote unquote missing patients. There was a story of a woman who went off wandering on the road and got, she just stood right in front of a car and got hit by a car and was killed. Like, Mm. how did she even wander off? Like how? It just, it just is neglect, right? It just was very, very bad. And I actually, I, Kim, gets all the credit for finding these. She found the details and actual transcripts from the um, grand jury trial. And uh, there was a note in it that I really thought was interesting to read. It was so brutal. This is a quote. Budget is important, of course, but proper and optimum use of what is available also is important. For example... 
much better use of existing nursing personnel seems highly probable with little effort or additional expenditure. In addition, there seems to be a, quote, rubber stamp syndrome present with which accounts for routinely endorsing and following guidelines, however unprofessional, incorrect, or questionable they may be. The question is, would conditions be the same with proper, aggressive administration? We think not. Unquote. Ooh, damn. It's brutal. So in 1976, the grand jury indicted a total of seven employees on a variety of criminal charges, including patient abuse, decapitation, and murder. So then that answers your question on decapitation. Wow. Murder most foul. So it was human it was a it was a human thing. It was a That sounds like a human thing that happened from someone who worked there to a patient. Jesus. Good lord. So call it bad timing, but guess what else happened in 1976? Wow. Welcome to the Hotel California. Oh, the, is that the connection now? Eagles? Oh, Kenny, tell me. Tell me what you know. Tell me what you know about Hotel California. Uh, it's a song. Oh, yeah, it's a song. Um, a guy named Joe Walsh was in it. Uh, guy Henley was in it. Uh, it's it's a real toe tapper. <laughs> um, real toe I like tapper. to mow the lawn uh, to that song. Hotel uh, California. Uh, and I think... Um, I don't think it has anything to do with the mental institution because I recently uh, uh, found a CD uh, case and the album cover, and the album cover did not really match that of the bell tower that everybody assumed uh, was. Oh, yeah, I thought I read that it wasn't. It wasn't. I thought it was. Rewind. There's lore. This is a nice legends and lore topic. Okay, bring it. Something that comes along with a place like Camarillo State uh, Mental Hospital Mm -hmm. is the fact that allegedly, (laughs) allegedly, disclaimer. uh, Allegedly, yes. Allegedly, that the Eagles wrote the song Hotel California from the Asylum record (laughs) uh, about Camarillo. Um, that's an alleged thing. The lyrics apparently represent things that happened inside of, uh, the actual hospital, but that's also kind of, I'm going to just say like debunked because the actual band claims that it didn't have anything to do with it. Like the band itself were like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not accurate. Um, but there's definitely things that are said in it, um, like the Tiffany Twisted Woman or person obsessed with money and power and the mission bells ring and the wanderer's inability to voluntarily leave. Like, it's just, there's lots of things in it that can hint at something, but I feel like you can say that about a lot of songs. I mean, also the line that says, you check in, but you never check out. You know, yeah. That's kind Fair. of what they do. He it's basically a, said that you're going to be a ghost and haunt it forever. Right, or stay there and get dep- decapitated, you know, that kind of crap. And then become so. a ghost and stay there forever. Oh, sorry, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Seem, seems fair to me. Of course. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's a thing. we got to talk about it because it's part of the lore and legends associated with it. But mm-hmm. having said that, the, the actual hospital, without getting too far into any more details, if you want to look into more, by all means, this is me cutting it down. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of how much stuff I found. But the hospital actually closed on July 1st, 1997. Basically what ended up happening, a lot of people just weren't really needing 
that place anymore or they were just were churning so quickly that it wasn't requiring as many people working there. They laid off a bunch of people. The budget wasn't working. It just it closed because they couldn't afford to keep it open anymore. Um, And it was one of the last mental hospitals to remain open in California. And uh, by September 28th, 1998, there was actually a unanimous Senate vote officially established the California State University Channel Islands Site Development Act. And that's when they decided Cal State Channel Islands was going to be a thing. And it was opened in 2001. What a turnaround. I'm sorry. That is so fast. Way too fast. Mm-hmm. And so I opened, remember when I was there, it didn't even look like a university. Well, that's the point. You found all the beds. Everything, like the papers were still on the floor. Well, no, that's because wild. the thing was, that's, they, they never did anything with that place for the longest time. Uh, just to give you an idea, like when I was over there, I also did a documentary for a school over there. Mm. And the library inside looked decrepit. Nothing looked up to date. It was just, we're just going to use the space in the hospital. There was like no uh, refurbishment. Like, I don't know when the refurbishment happened, but when I went there this last weekend, everything looked fancy. And um, I don't know if if this is the best time to say it, but, like, I went to the new library. Yeah. Because it's it's been so long. What, like 15 years or some crap that I haven't been there? Uh Uh-huh. And um, at least – but I went to their new library, went inside to go find some information because of this lovely podcast – and uh, when I asked the, um, the reference desk, when I went to the reference desk, the gentleman said, uh, uh, well, I asked, him, I asked the guy, so uh, where was the, uh, the, uh, the, the like, there's two hospitals, there's hospital one and two, they call it. Where was hospital one? And he's like, oh, you're in it. And I turned out like, oh, crap, Ooh. I'm in the place that I used to break into. Oh, like, shoot, that's where the beds were. Hosp- uh, this beautiful library now. Yeah. So, like, if you can picture, like, the hospital, the, the main hospital, there was one center hospital and two little two wings to it. Mm-hmm. Those two wings are still the same. In fact, the left, if, you, if you're looking straight at the hospital, me and my friends would break in from the left wing. The bushes, there were these towering bushes that, that covered the wall. Those are still there. So we would hop that fence and get in from the left side and then work our way to the center and then to the far right wing. But... Um, uh, yeah, everything's still there. I, and the thing was, is that uh, when I went to the checkout counter, I asked him, hey, you guys, is, uh, is there a B, B, B1 still here? So I, to- I told her I, how I used to go mm-hmm. there and like mess around with the morgue. And she told me that, yeah, the downstairs area is still there. Oh, but we don't have access to it. None of us have access to it. So it makes me wonder, like, is it used for storage or did they not touch it? Is the morgue still there? Like, is because it takes a lot of time and money to clean that stuff up and refurbish. Like, I wonder if they just did all that stuff but left everything there, you know, st- everything else still there. They could. And the architecture there is pretty interesting. I, I think I sent photos for uh, to you where, like, the main library is connected to those two wings. Yeah, it's connected to those two wings. But the interesting part is, is that there's, like, a small bridge or a walkway to connect it into the building. So there's, like, a little weird gap where sunlight would come in. So you can see, like, parts of the wall. From the, the original wall, the Pueblo uh, walls from the other buildings connected to the newer building. So there's a little bit of the past with the future. With yeah. That. So very fascinating. I'm going to actually send it to Kim so she can see it. Wow, that library looks like super modern. 
super modern. Very modern. Oh, yeah, yeah. That really does. Wow. That's so cool. We'll post some of these pictures on our Instagram because this is an audio medium. <laughs> People can't That's see exactly what we're looking right. at right now. <laughs> if um, we all think really hard at the same time. No? Or just okay. use Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, guys, picture this. SeaTac with a lot of books in it. You know, that's what it is. That's what it looks like. It's modern. It literally has, like, an airport kind of I was going to say, it does kind of have an airport. Like, the big, uh, because I'm looking at the one that Gabby just sent in the big room with the really high ceilings. And it it does, Mm -hmm. with all the flags, like, that is definitely kind of an airport vibe. Yeah. But then there's, like, I was going to ask you, Kenny, there's a couple places that you sent pictures of that looked still really old. What area mm-hmm. do you think that would have been? So I sent a picture of the bell tower because that's you gotta you got you gotta have that you know it's like the space needle you gotta you gotta check out the space needle if you're in town. That's right? true. That's so true. You, well, check out the the bell tower. That's true. Um, but then there was also then, like a red gate. Yes, that one was interesting because it was next to the dorms, but I don't think that's another building where they never utilized it. Huh. So like. The, the, there's a red gate with a gigantic wooden door, and I don't think this school would, well, you know, would have someone stay at a place with an old ass wooden door that says "Keep Door Locked" on it. If you see it, they, they stamped it on there. Yeah, I just it looked it very, camp. very old, and it was just like it just looked like a very. It looked like it had been vacant for a long, long time. It so. looks spooky, haunted. It looks spooky for sure. It exactly. definitely has a haunted vibe, but also most old things that haven't been touched in many years can also have that same vibe just because they're old. <laughs> That's why I'm haunted. Hey, <laughs> watch out. Watch out. <laughs> Kenny's actually a ghost. We're having a Ooh. ghost on as our guest. It's our ghost guest. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking of ghosts, we got to talk hauntings. So, yes. uh, all right. With such traumas and deaths that occurred at the hospital, of course, something will remain. Uh, now, here's my disclaimer. This is our favorite disclaimer of allegedly. The allegedly disclaimer. So, um, hey, Kenny, mm-hmm. how many eye rolls do you think Kim will have before her <laughs> eyes pop out of her skull? Let's take oh, a wild man. guess. I, I don't want to be rude. No, it's I mean, fine. I, I don't know. How I, take a wild is, guess. I'm going to guess. This is a thing. I'm going to guess um, 12. It's going to be every time you see Kim, like, sigh and, and take rolls. a sip. Oh, wow. And these are eye rolls because you think this is bullshit? What I'm about to what tell is? her is going to make her eyes roll. <laughs> To be fair, no, in my defense, again, if it's if there's evidence to back things up, I won't roll my eyes. Uh, newsflash, mm-hmm. there isn't. That's why it's allegedly. Okay, well, well. Oh, great. Then you know what? I'm going to say for this one, I'm going to give it 12 eye rolls. I said 12. You're going to say the same oh, this, thing that I said. This is going to be, this is going to be, happy. yeah, pour yourself a tall boy. A tall ass lady, a tall ass. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm gearing up. I'm gearing up, Gabby. All right. All right. All right. Mm. So. There okay, my, hold on, I have to, I'm making sure my voice is warmed up for all of the... <sighs> Are you ready? Just let me know when you're ready. <sighs> okay, I'm good. She's good. All right, she's good, good everybody, she's good. Me, 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 me. We're good, yeah. All right, let's go. Ghostly children have been heard laughing. Newsflash, it was Kenny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do sound like a child. <laughs> oh, mother, may Come I have a with me. Exactly. And you know, I, I, I believe it because like you could feel a lot of sadness when you're in there. And, um, sorry, that I, was well, me. I, I, oh, <laughs> shit. It's my bad. Sorry. I y'all. don't mean to laugh. You know? 
Good Lord, I feel like an asshole. Welcome, welcome to Ghoulish Tendencies, the place of the assholes. She's Gabby and I'm Kim. I was going to say, she's Gabby and I'm asshole. You guys are all coming in hot. Okay, but there's more. Okay. Items have been said to disappear in one location, only to reappear in other locations. Sure. Poltergeist-like activity. Things like objects mysteriously being thrown at people. That has occurred. Doors slammed shut. Sometimes on people. I really wish I could have like a video of that. That sounds very funny. Um, and also doors will just open on their own. For, for clarification, are there any cats on premises? <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know the answer. Just curious. Okay. Not sure. Not sure. All right. but what year or were these occurrences? That's a great uh, these, question. Uh, experiences happening. I was don't know. Post? These are just generalized statements that people uh, okay. make about the place, which yeah. is why okay. allegedly happens, allegedly. and that's why Kim okay. rolls her eyes. Um, I mean, these are all. This is this comes with the territory for any haunting. So we're that's we're. True. I, I roll my eyes more at speci- at like Zach Baggins being like, a demon just tugged my sweatshirt with this fishing wire. Well, just you wait because. It's about to get fun. So, already, one of the things that uh, also happened, well, I gotta get through these first before we get into the fun moment. Um, so, there's phantom mists that apparently are unaffected by wind and are seen moving around the campus at night. Also, Ooh. fog is a thing, you're near the ocean. Um, I don't yeah. know. That's what I thought. Absolutely. Of. Yeah. No, it, it is. That's legit. Like the marine yeah. layer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the whole the whole campus turns into Silent Hill yeah. at least like nice. three times a week. Yeah, nice. So. Hey guys. So. Hey guys. Field trip. Field yes! trip. Um, <laughs> I'm down. Uh, all a lot of residents also report smelling weird odors that could only be smelled at a hospital. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Newsflash. College kids. Yeah, it's like that's, I've smelled that. It's it's like that yeah. age range between eleven and thirty, and needing uh, deodorant. It's, um, it's stinky, and it's California. Shit. I'm sorry, half those shits don't even believe in deodorant, <laughs> um, or it's no crystals, and crystals don't do nothing. That's fair. No, no <laughs> aluminum, no cancer. Um, and if ghost children laughing isn't enough, apparently there's sounds of scratching on the walls. And that kind of checks with what you were saying, Kenny, with the like pipes. So that could have been a thing. A pipe clanging thing, and and we did also hear scratches too. But it could also we, be we beca- your trash pan. It could friend. be <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. why we did. I didn't really count that yeah. that much. Older yeah. buildings like, that they're gonna have. One. I mean, again, pipes make a lot of sound, especially old pipes going through buildings. Stuff echoes in a really interesting way, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. which is why you have to. I always trace the pipes exactly. first. And that's what I was saying. Like, I'm not accounting that as a ghost. It's just like, I think it's like boiler, old pipe. I, I don't know what, how boiler, what do you call boiler rooms or whatever this machinery, old pipes would do. Water never, heaters never, and stuff. Ex- yeah. Water heaters and stuff. I've never experienced that yeah. kind of stuff. But all it did though do, though, is make the place just sound super creepy. Sure. That's well, that was effective yeah. for sure. For the yeah. ambiance. Well done. Ambiance. Ambiance. Oh, yes. Cling, clang. Um, Say that with a fine line. Yes. Ambiance <laughs> of cling, clang. Um, so also, I, I think this one is like, I want to throw this one out the window literally and stamp, like jump on it and stop. on it. If you do, so. it's got to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> People have even reported taking pictures of windows into abandoned buildings and seeing 
quote-unquote faces staring back at them from long, unoccupied rooms. Oh, man. Kim is I so mad. I could, I, <laughs> we try to take photos of that, and I totally forgot that I do have photos <gasps> of, in my garage, I think, of, of us at the mental institute when we were doing that shit. We got orbs, but I take those things with such a grain. Thank you, because thing. guess what it probably is? Is probably uh, my tears. dust. It is dust. dust. It's an old building. <laughs> Reflections, <laughs> bugs, light. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. dust, yeah. bugs. That's like the time I was in New Orleans and we went into a park and they, the ghost tour told us to take pictures with our flash in a park and there were a million bugs everywhere and she tried to say they were all orbs. And I was like, you're an idiot. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's light reflecting off the bugs. That's a bug. Exactly. I just found that this place <laughs> the is bugs infested are with, you. <laughs> with bugs. Right. Bug butts. Man. Um, but allegedly. But isn't, it, isn't it fun to believe, though? Isn't it more fun just to believe? You know? I think, well, you know, we talk about that a lot. And I think it, it is fun to believe, but it's also more fun to believe when you've tried to prove it wrong and you can't. That's more fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's my, uh, that's my that's, fun. That's my fun. That's fair. That's a fair fun. And mm-hmm. I think I used yes. to be more of that mindset, Kenny, like mm-hmm. two years ago when we first started this podcast. <clears throat> and now Kim Douthit sheds a happy tear when I molder turns into my scully <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's wrong. And then I make Kim cry. Her cold, dead heart becomes warm. Oh, no, no, no. It beats like two times. <laughs> Well, allegedly, uh, the phenomena is not recent. I love this story. I think it's very funny. So allegedly, slap a light allegedly on this. I did not find proof of this anywhere. This is a story, okay? We need an allegedly, like, badge. We can just boom, boom. Boom. Allegedly. allegedly. Yeah. It should be no, the drinking be awesome. game. <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. 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 So. Oh, allegedly. In November 1962, the entire night staff of the hospital was fired because management believed that they were fucking with them by overturning beds, slamming doors, messing with televisions, and tampering with the lights. So what do they do? They fire them. But guess what? Nothing stopped. Shit kept happening. Dun, dun, dun. Wasn't the people doing it. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, you know, there's been lots of stories about ghosts being seen in certain areas. Apparently there's a dude who hangs out by the bell tower, which is like typical of a ghost story. And then there's a dude who appears in the stalls of the women's restroom. Uh, You can see his legs. uh, (laughs) The phantom perv, huh? Phantom (laughs) perv. He's like in the stall so you can see his legs. But when you open the door, he's gone. Wow, that's like my ghost in the in something in the just trolling future. people <laughs> in the bathroom. In the bathroom, just farting. <laughs> you I heard a ghost say "you who," like, oh. <laughs> but then he disappeared when I opened the door, and all I could smell was his ectoplasm. That's right. Because whenever I see ladies, I run away. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what, a crappy, what a crappy ghost! <laughs> oh dear. Uh, also, apparently, a lady around the bell tower asks for directions to the chapel and then disappears. Oh, wow. Uh, I like that one. I sure. Wish I don't know. This is all hey, allegedly. You, know you come out. You, you, you sometimes come out here. We should uh, go hang out at night and see if we could uh, meet up with the ghost. You know? I'm super down. Grab a cup of coffee, stand around, see what happens. I'm yeah. super down. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but we will make it happen. Oh, yeah. Um Apparently, there's also a uh, a ghost janitor <laughs> that haunts the school. Maybe he's the guy who's in the stalls. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
you can always hear his this is such a stupid like reference to like a horror movie his okay. jangling phantom keys yes. when he's around you just hear his keys apparently um hmm. sometimes you see a woman on a hospital gown who silently screams at them question how how does silently one silently scream, scream? Uh, open her up. There you go. She's doing it right now. Uh, you just, guys can't see this, but but that's uh, just Kim letting is, in bugs. That's <laughs> letting in bugs. But when you're a ghost, that's what it is. I mean, that's pretty scary to see someone silently scream. I guess. I, I mean, guess. What but Kim I also did think right my, now, my like, drama students do it backstage all the time. When I tell them quiet backstage, so they're little assholes, and they're like, and I'm like, except I can't because they're kids. So. I just <laughs> mentally, <laughs> mentally, I'm flipping them off, and I'm just like, oh, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, that's the Anyhow, silent scream. Got it. Thank you for that description and visual reference of uh, making that happen for me. Um, also, you know, there's got to be a woman in white. Otherwise, it's not haunted, right? So, like, there's a woman in white, apparently, who Classic. some people think is a nurse, and she just roams around the tower's hallways and then disappears when you come up to her, which is mostly just, like, women in general ghosting you. Yeah. Um, life, right? Still happens after death. Um, and, you know, there's also Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. Kenny. Famous. Famous what? Who's Trump? Charlie Bird Parker? He's a he's a, uh, a, a, a he's a he's a, a trumpet player. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Jazz musician. Jazz musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Known as he the actually Bird played a saxophone. Saxophone. Sorry. Saxophone. Uh, he was a band yeah. leader, too, wasn't he? Yeah, he he's, was. He, sure he actually was. Uh, stayed at. Camarillo. Yeah, for uh, heroin addiction. For six months. Ooh. Ooh. In 1946 in- to 1947. Mm-hmm. And was into um, the heavies. Yeah. He apparently, this is a great story. In June 1946, entered the lobby of Hollywood Civic Hotel completely naked playing his saxophone. Wow. I mean, who hasn't done that at least once? <laughs> that just sounds like he was trying to embrace the sexiness of his saxophone. His his saxophone his saxiness <laughs> so bad oh my god Kim you're making me so proud right now I'm so happy it's this is all your fault Gabby all that sexiness <laughs> and the so other Charlie I mean, Yardbird he also oh, wrote a song called Relaxin' at Camarillo yeah right I mean yeah that's the that's, uh, he, he must have had a great time there relaxing there or it could be a sarcastic note that he wasn't relaxing Fair. He was just dodging, We're you know, axes. Relaxing he was getting and sacks cool. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of other bands played, uh, made songs about that place other than Charlie, though, right? I don't know. Who else? Do you know anybody else? Well, there's a band, if you remember, a guy named, uh, not a guy named, a band called Fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the guy? Leaving, I think his name was. Oh. He's, a, he, he's a lead singer. If you are a fan of a little movie called Clue, He's you ever heard, have you guys seen Clue the movie? Of course, <laughs> he's uh, he's he's Mr. Body. Oh, and, and Mr. Body was in a band called Fear. He made they made a song about Camarillo, a, an old seventies band called Ambrosia. Made one called Ready for Camarillo. So there's hmm. you know there's always been artists just talking about Camarillo all the time. I mean like um, Sync shot one of their music videos at the Camarillo. Music. Yeah, for that for that song, I drive myself crazy. <laughs> I did not know that. And so it was a lot of, a lot of movies were shot over there. The uh, Magnum PI or something like that was around there. I guess it is a visually aesthetic pleasing place. That's why oh, yeah. they built it that way to cover all the shit they did. 
Sure. Um, oh, and big, and big Bang Theory apparently did one <laughs> for them. Really? And they, yeah, and like uh, Penny, Penny, the, one of the characters actually says something says something about the Camryo, you know, says the name Camryo Mental uh, Hospital. Well, she said, like, you see that sign? Camryo Mental Hospital, it. whatever. That's the mm-hmm. one. Some so, crap like that. With... And, you know, doing research for a topic that's haunted, Kim and I generally like to find something to watch, usually. <laughs> and uh, Enjoy is maybe not the word I would use. <laughs> I enjoy watching or talking to Kim after she watches Ghost Adventures because of how angry it makes her. Sometimes oh, I, like, live text it with Gabby, oh, it where I'm just so texting her all of my reactions. It, and It makes me so happy. And then my phone has been thrown, so then I can't text Wow. Anymore. How many phones do you go through usually? About, uh, about four. Four? <laughs> four a year now. It's, you know, I got some good wow. cases, but, like, they just, they hit None of them fit anymore and... because they just keep getting new phones. <laughs> Well, one of the shows that I watched, I actually found a fun, (laughs) I had to find something tacky because that's just like the way to handle things these days. And also there's so much tacky, like ghost hunter shit out there these days too, that I was like, what can I find on the Camryo State Mental Hospital? Did you find a really tacky one on the internet, uh, on YouTube, I mean? I found it on Amazon Prime. Oh, I know. and And that's a legit one. But did you see the ghost hunter one that was on YouTube? I didn't watch that one. It was called Lost Souls Camry Ooh. Mental Hospital. Ooh. What, but did it have it anything looked, that sounds legit? It looked fake as fuck. It was just, it was like, <laughs> it looked like some student was trying to like do a parody of like Ghost Hunters. Oh, and Kim would hate it. It was, it was so, it was, it was good for kids, but it was like, it clearly looked like, you know, it was, it was fake. bogus. This is what bullshit. someone who was bored did. Um, <laughs> well, this one is called Hotel Camarillo. It's an Amazon documentary, which tells you a lot. Uh, It's basically like a BTS of an investigation with a bunch of, like, cocky know-it-all ghost hunters that think that they just are the shit, which I guess it comes with the territory sometimes. But uh, they're telling their experience and sharing evidence, evidence, evidence. And uh, they literally called the Camarillo State Mental Hospital, quote, a paranormal Disneyland. Okay, that's fun. I mean, it's, it is fun. That's a place that. for Kenny to hang out. Yeah, I like Disneyland, and you know, that's a that's a lot. It, was, it really did feel like a Disneyland a has amusement. plenty of its own ghosts. That's true. Sure that's does. a topic. Have you guys covered that? No, oh, we need to. It's we in my to. notebook. Yes, we have a oh, massive yeah. notebook of topics. Oh, I can't wait for that um, episode. So there's this dude who cracked me up pretty hard. He is this like, he's probably like in his sixties. Uh, and he's a paranormal, quote unquote, parapsychic investigator um, named Dr. Barry Taff. He's a doctor. I don't know what kind of, of what? I don't know. Um, but someone, the, his intro is how someone made fun of him for how old the equipment was that he was using, which I thought was funny. Um, this was more comedic than anything. He, and this is also very distasteful. Was it intentionally comedic is my question. I don't think so, but I thought it was. Um, and then the best part was that he was then trying to be funny, but just it was crude and like this very distasteful to say this. But I knew I had to share it with you guys because I am who I am. He thinks that the school should embrace their heritage because he was saying how the school generally, and if you look it up, if you look up information about the school and try to get history on the school, like it's really hard to find any detailed information about like what happened at 
at the hospital. They won't talk about it Um, because it's just bad press, right? But they won't embrace anything having to do with their heritage other than the fact that their buildings are old. And so this guy thinks that the student lounge should be called the snake pit, uh, that the sports team should be called the maniacs, and that the mascot should be a dude in a straitjacket. You know, there is a movie called The Snake Pit, 1948. That's what he was referencing. Oh, well, then because be. there's a bar called The Snake Pit, and that's where my grandmother met my grandfather. Oh, <laughs> wow, man. that says there's so There's also much. a bar in L.A. called The Snake Pit. And it, that's was in, where... it was in California. Oh, that's what she met. <laughs> On Melrose. Wow. Yeah. Was, your, was, was he a biker? No, he was, uh, hey, he was in the service. He was in the service. Oh, service. Got it. <laughs> yeah, he, he was in the army. Er, arm, army? Yeah. He was yeah. an wow. army hog. <laughs> It's during the war. Oh, nice. cool. So I did find an EVP that I really wanted to play for you guys, because what would this be if we did not play EVPs? What would um, it be? The funny thing is, is that there's two I have to play for you. It's the same EVP, but um, my husband's brother was at the house when I was trying to record this, and he fell asleep. And so right on top of uh, the EVP, you can hear a snore. So I'm going to play yeah. the actual EVP for you first. And then I'm gonna play the snore EVP for you. Are you ready? Okay. The sex sound? It said yeah, it no. Like I guess it's really oh. hard to hear. <laughs> I heard. <sighs> and I was like, oh. Like that's what you were doing when you died. <laughs> no. Respect. <laughs> okay, but let's see if you can hear Terrence's brother snoring in this one. Oh. Could well, you that hear was the snore? snore? <laughs> see, I heard the no this time, but I don't know if it's because you told me, and so now I was listening for it. Well, but that's okay. So you can see before and after. And that's a really good example of when you're told what it says, you yeah. know what it says. And when you don't yeah. know, then it sounds like a sex noise. So like. Right. I heard the sex noise. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, I don't My know ears, legit. Yeah. Sorry. Don't know. Future perv ghosts. So, you know, this is what happens when you. <laughs> this is what happens. Nature of the beast. Um, so. <laughs> With two backs. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Now, what's really cool, and obviously I just had to give a little detail on that because there's really truly nothing else that's in that documentary that's worth talking about. I just thought it was funny. Um, mm. Now, what's really extra awesome and uh, it is that I actually have a friend who went to Cal State Channel Islands who actually lives in Seattle but is from that area. And he his name's Mike. Uh, Mike Inglima is – he actually was our, one of our photographers for the wedding. I remember the first time I ever met him – and then he found out that I liked spooky shit. He was like, oh, I have stories for you and was really excited to yeah. tell me about them. And he's oh. told me the stories before, but for the sake of the podcast, he wrote them out. So yeah. I'm going to have Kenny read oh some of his experiences. Okay. And he used so. to actually go to the school and was staying in the dorms that were that used to be part of the hospital. All right. So here we go. Here's uh, Mike's experience. My first experience, quote, uh, in parentheses, the creepiest. I was initially interested in applying at CSUCI, also known as CSUCI, uh, since it was so close to the beach 
and had a small school vibe I was going for. I was sold once I learned that it was also not only formally known as Camarillo Mental Hospital, but my own father told me a crazy story about how he dated this woman back in his early 20s who was admitted into the hospital. I won't, I won't go into detail about their relationship, uh, relationship since that's his business, but keep this in mind for the story. All right. When I, all right. When I first started college at CSUCI, I'll just say Cal State. Channel Islands. Don't say that. Yeah. I lived in the dorms. I lived in the dorms my freshman year. Half of the school was still being renovated from the old mental hospital, so ghost hunting was the thing to do around campus. One night, a group of us went ghost hunting around 11 p.m. A few of us were stoned. A few carrying around some beers. I, however, was sober that night. We decided to go into an area that supposedly housed the prison equivalent of solitary confinement. We snuck through a window with a broken lock and started tiptoeing down the pitch-black hallways. I was instantly not getting a good feeling. Every little sound made you stop and turn. The first creepy thing we saw was a room that had red letters all over the wall. I don't know if it was blood or paint or crayon, but it said HELP, very large on one wall, and don't listen to him on the other, whatever that means. The night took its turn when every single one of us started hearing an old man seemingly moaning and groaning down the hall. And like dumb teenagers in a horror movie, we all slowly followed it to confirm. At the end of the hall where we heard the noise was a locked door with a small window. We all peered through the window to observe old rolling beds, stainless steel rolling tables, and white tarps scattered everywhere, clearly looking abandoned. Out of nowhere, a dark silhouette walked right past the window. We all jumped out of our skin and booked it the fuck out of here. Of course, we all went in different directions because we couldn't remember where the window we came in through was. But me and two other friends ended up finding it. But right before we opened the window to climb through, I felt a brush on my shoulder and a whisper in my ear. You must be Tony's son. Tony is my dad's name. I whipped around. No one behind me. I turned back for a split second. I saw a woman in this inside reflection of the window and just jumped through the window. We all ran back to the dorms and did not look back once. This was my first ghost experience in my life, and it was so confirming. Oh, my God. with the whole group you are with experiencing the same thing. Freaky shit. Freaky shit. That's pretty intense. Wow. I just want to know, like. (sighs) A ghost that that knows you. That's the craziest thing. Like, who recognizes you? It's like meeting a family member or something that's a ghost. This just makes me want to debunk it, though, because I'm like, but how, like, what? And also, could someone, like, know that his dad is named Tony? And could it have been one of his friends being like, oh, I heard this story about this woman that dated your dad. Maybe I'll fuck with you. Kind of like how Kitty got on the speaker and started talking into the mic. Like, Could be that. Could be that. Love you, Mike, but I always want to debunk your stories because that's my job. Um, but also, like, that does sound spooky. Like, that's pretty valid. The, the fact that they saw someone in the mirror, though, that's extra spooky. Like, sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. What's the next one? I can tell you that's really spooky because I did. Uh, that's another one of the ghost things I didn't tell you guys about, but I won't get oh. too far into it. But it's uh, I, I saw the silhouette of my eight year old cousin. And, like, it's a kid. So seeing, like, ghost kid is like, yeah. Mm. Ghost kids are extra creepy. Yeah, but I'll tell you that another day. That's a story for another time. Yeah, I'm not going to bore you guys with that. That's not boring. We like that kind of stuff. (laughs) 
Well, next story, maybe? Next story, you, yeah. Okay. Well, this one's a little bit shorter. This one's uh, the second experience, the one where I got attacked. Ooh. Uh, this one, this one, no one ever believes me because, you know what, I don't care. It happened. And I remember it so vividly. It's crazy. Simply put, one Saturday night, I was having a low-key night. Both of my roommates were back home visiting their parents for the weekend, so I had the place to myself. Nothing crazy went on that night. I didn't stay up late. I didn't smoke weed. Didn't go out and party. No drinking. Nothing. I tucked myself into bed and fell asleep. I wake up in the middle of the night, fighting something or someone that's choking the life out of me. I struggled trying to wave my arms around to kick this invisible person off me. I can literally feel someone's hand around my throat and hear someone above me grunting like, there's, like they're trying to squeeze my neck as hard as they can. With a few seconds passing, I'm starting to black out, and as I'm almost out, I feel the hand slowly releasing my neck. I can feel each finger, one by one, slowly lifting off my neck. No, I was not dreaming, because I was awake the entire night after that shit. Blah. I even went into the bathroom and oh. saw my neck was super red from the hand, just so I could convince myself I wasn't crazy. He's got red marks. Ain't no dream. Ain't no dream. Either that or he's strangling him himself like, but, in sleep. Because I've seen that happen before. Wait, what? Well, no, I mean, like, it's like the waking up with scratchy on your face, but it was you. Like, um, you, you can, oh, can do that in what dreams. What if it's like too red? So you do this in dreams, too? Yeah. No, it's, it's yourself. it can happen. Well, <coughs> uh, like, you look at the some of the extreme sleepwalking people can do also. Um, mm. And, I mean, full on, like, going and getting things to eat. I, I knew a woman who went on Ambien. And she registered for taxidermy school <laughs> while sleepwalking. I mean, like, people do crazy. That there was is a- extreme. Yeah, it was, that was one of my favorite moments. Yeah. That's really but, funny. But, like, people, I, I, had a, I had an ex once who peed out the window because he thought it was the bathroom through a screen because he was convinced he was in the bathroom. Wow. Spoiler it just alert, makes me- he wasn't. <laughs> It makes me think of stepbrothers <laughs> and then but like sleepwalking. Yeah. And stuff. No, right. I, he would sleep eat and I would come and find like a thing of cheese in the refrigerator with teeth marks in it. Like <laughs> people do when they're sleepwalking. There was a person who actually used as a defense that he's, I think it was, he stabbed his roommate sleepwalking. So like oh self-strangulation, not that weird. Mm. <laughs> Just saying. Common. Got it. All right, Mike, wow. are you a sleepwalker? I don't know. I gotta, that's a later question. Another question <laughs> for another time. But I know there's one more story. Kenny. There sure let's is. Let's get that story. Here's the last final story. This one's uh, the final experience, the one that solidified me as a believer. Ooh, believer. Okay. Likes Justin Bieber. Okay. <laughs> See, did. I went monkeys because <laughs> he monkeys. saw this and now I'm a believer, but no, that's... <laughs> No, I would have gone monkeys. That's, thank you. I'm a believer. Yes. Right. Uh, all right. So the last one is uh, my last time ghost hunting was this night, this fateful night. We simply went down to a hallway anyone had to pass through to take a shortcut from the far parking lot to the quad and then to the dorms. A ton of people, me included, always heard creepy metal clanking up the one flight of stairs halfway down the hall only at night. One night, we decided to grab flashlights and investigate for fun. Going up the stairs for the first time, we realized how short a journey it would be as we got to the top and there were only three locked doors with windows. It was dark looking through the windows, but clearly more abandoned rooms. 
We chilled and drank beers and started forgetting about the whole thing. The clanking started up again, though, and it caught all of our attention. We quieted. The clank was very steady. Clank. 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 All of a sudden, I decided to tap on the door with that familiar doot 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 doot. And then the ghost finished it with a doot doot. And then the clanking stopped. Stopped. We all looked at each other like, uh, did that just happen or... And then, boom! It sounded like someone was banging on the inside of the door trying to bust it open. Over and over. Boom. Boom. You could even see the door moving. We all ran for our lives. We ran out of the hallway and into the quad. There were a bunch of people smoking at the smoker's bench, and all you could hear was them yelling at us, Behind you! I slowed down and looked behind me to see the entire hallway lights violently flashing on and off, and then grew to the entire quad, flickering so fast and sporadic. Then the flickering stopped, and the loud echo from the bane stopped. It was creepy. One of us got the whole thing on video, though, so people couldn't call us out for lying. We need to see this fucking video. I want to see this video. Also, was someone fucking with them? Huh? It's an also it was someone be, fucking with them. It could be someone fucking with them. Easily. A lot of these things could be totally could totally be like, you know, sussed out as, you know, oh, bullshit. But I don't know. I, I choose to want to believe because, you know. Kenny wants to believe. I want to believe. Kenny's the molder of this episode. In case yeah. anybody wanted to know. I'm that poster. You know that poster with the UFO? It's just me going, oh, you know. <laughs> I want to believe. That one. That one does. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I'll be I'll be Switzerland for this episode. I'll be kind of a halfway between Mulder and Scully. Kim I'm not aggressively continue. scullying. No, not aggressively, but you're still your Scully. You're still, you gotta it's be okay Scully. I am who I am. I'm it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm lightly scullying. It's a, just a dash of Scully. Just a dash of Scully. Just a dash. <laughs> well, thank you for reading those, Kenny. I appreciate no, they're it. Great. I love those stories. I mean, they Was could there... be a great premise for a horror movie for sure. I mean, this is a great imagery. Absolutely. I had great imagery for yeah. sure. Thank you, Mike, Cinematic. for contributing your stories. We appreciate you. Thank you, Mike. Um, and uh, Kenny, was there anything else that you wanted to add uh, about the location or your experience or anything else? Do you feel you uh, covered everything? Uh, pretty much. But like, it was really interesting when you brought up the whole kids thing because there were rooms when I went there where they had like those smaller tables you know, for kids mm-hmm. to sit around. They're, very, they're weirdly shaped, kind of like bean shaped. So, like, clearly a teacher was sitting on one end and the mm-hmm. children would sit around her. So, when she's, mm-hmm. you know, teaching them about that book, Stone Soup, and making stone soup or some shit. Sure. Um, there was like some, there were certain rooms where they had like a, a, a glass partition and mm-hmm. a microphone in to- a microphone for both sides. So, like, mm-hmm. a child or somebody could be on the other side talking. It's almost like a jail, like a jail, mm-hmm. a jail when you talk to, when families talk to inmates and stuff like that, it was mm-hmm. similar to that. Mm-hmm. I could, mm-hmm. And you could tell that, oh, these were used for, like, probably some sort of, like, treatment procedure. Like, maybe on the other side they were, like, telling them to, like, um, put these block pieces together to test their cognitive whatever shit. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not really good with doctor type of terms and shit. But I think the main thing I really – we really did felt – I think we all agreed on there was, like, a lot. There was – we felt a lot of depression and sadness. There was a yeah. – it, it weighs on you. It does. As, as much as we were like, oh, fuck. There was a little bit like, oh, shit. There was, a, there was a, a depressing feeling. We always came out of there like, well, that Sad. was cool. And like, did we, yeah, like, we would ask each other, like, did that fucking made you bum you out a little bit? Da, da, da. I mean, and, 
there was messed up stuff that happened there. There's residual energy is a real thing. I think that's what it was. You know, and like things will, whatever lingers isn't necessarily a ghost, but it could be an imprint of whatever happened there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even Mm -hmm. have to be like an actual spirit. It could just be. Energy can permeate a place. Yeah. Sure. Like as a living person, if you go through some wild stuff. And leave the room and you're still alive. That room could Mm -hmm. still have that weird energy in it, you know? Well, it's like sick rooms. I think about sick rooms, Mm -hmm. you know, where a room where somebody died, you're not necessarily feeling a a ghost per se, but you are feeling that presence, that lingering illness and everything that the suffering and the, the sickness, like, I don't know, uh, no, that's that's definitely real. Well, it's Walker Ames House to me is a place where you walk in and you just get hit with that energy. We still and have it's to not, go there together. Yeah, oh, I forget. You've not been inside, have I you? I haven't been inside. I've been there, but I haven't gone inside. Maybe it's, Kenny can come to Seattle. What's up, Walker, Walker, Walker Ames? Ames? Walker, Walker Ames. Ames House in Port Gamble, Washington is uh, this obscenely haunted house. And uh, Port Gamble is a really, really cool old city here. But My Walker Ames House. Yeah, it's... Mm-hmm. it's uh, it has a really intense energy in it. I got some creepy photos in there too. And had that's uh-huh. where I had there we were on the um the I think I talked about this in the ghost stories episode we did about it. The little kid, the there's a little kid ghost in the um attic. Attic. And myself and one of the other investigators, we had we were we were uh, doing an EVP session and we were talking to we'd said something like you know can you give us a sign and and I th- I can't remember exactly I'd have to go back and look at my notes exactly what happened but what I remember is we invited the kid to come and sit in the circle with us and we both recorded at the same time our arms going cold as though like wow. it was I think my my left arm and her right arm as though something sat between us so Holy that was, a, yeah, crap. it's a cool, it's a cool house. It's really, really All right, cool. next time I'm in Seattle, I got to check that place out. We should out. plan it's a trip. That uh, would be amazing. really fun. I have yeah. not gone to any haunted joints over there at all, so. Ooh, oh, dude. Definitely. There's so many. It's, it's literally my job. Uh, <laughs> literally. Well, let's literally. <laughs> yeah. It's literally your job. I thought you were uh, a teacher. Uh, well, yes, I, I work in the theater, but I'm a ghost tour. Yeah, I'm a paranormal tour guide. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I give ghost tours. Oh, we could do yeah. our own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should. That'd be fun. But anywho, um, thank you, Kenny, for going to Cal State Channel Islands and exploring. I know you did some deep diving into the digging of the history and everything and took oh, some yeah. cool photos. And it was really fun to talk about. So thank uh, you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is fucking of fantastic. Course. I mean, I mean, like, I just want to learn. My main thing was to just try to learn some learn learn more about the place. Because for a person, like I said, I just went there to fuck around. So, yeah. hey, it's nice. uh, you're a little now older. You know the it's history. time to. There you go. Now you Amen. know the history. You know? All right. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, and this brings us to. Creepy Critics Corner! Creepy Critics Corner! Kim, what you watching? Uh, well, as you know, I, I love this time of year for all of the amazing uh, Christmas horror films that yes. exist. Uh, and, you know, there you, you have your, your Black Christmases, which are classic. Uh, the new Black Christmas, which I actually liked a lot. But two of my personal favorites to watch this time of year. One of them is a Finnish horror film called Rare Exports, and I just rewatched it. And if you have never watched Rare Exports, you are in for a treat. Mm. Uh 
in Finland, I guess they have something. It's it. I'm gonna butcher this because I'm not Finnish. Um, Yulapuki. It's the Yule goat. Oh. Wow. And the, the Yule goat. It it does kind of remind me a little when you're when you're looking at some of the visuals of it of of Krampus, uh, where you have this kind of like goat man thing. But in rare exports, you have this this British research team that's drilling on top of um, this mountain, and uh, it's said to be home to this this you know Yule goat, and uh, which has shaped their modern day version of Santa Claus. So uh, these naughty children are are watching and and watching this drilling company, uh, basically discovering that there is this Yule goat beneath the surface of the mountain and all of its little elves, which are just men who kind of look like Santa Claus. Uh, and they start abducting the naughty children. And it's got a little bit of everything. Like, it's a really funny movie, but it's a funny movie that plays everything completely straight. Mm. Hmm. So the humor is really is really subtle. Uh, and there's a bunch of like naked old men running around as these Christmas elves. So <laughs> you didn't you're mention welcome. they were naked before. You just said they looked like Santa Claus. In this movie, they're naked. It's a lot of naked old men <laughs> running around as Christmas elves. It's it is what it is. <laughs> what uh, a it's joy. part of it's part of the joy. Uh, <laughs> the the other movie I just recently rewatched, which is again part of Kim's Christmas movie watching tradition, is Silent Night, Deadly Night Two. Oh yeah. Of yes. Masterpiece, a masterpiece of filmmaking, uh, which is is I find to be far superior to Silent Night, Deadly Night One. And if you've ever seen the meme Garbage Day, it comes from this movie. If you want something so bad it circles back to being good and with some of the most unintentionally hysterical dialogue you will ever right. see in your life, watch it's this. It's also movie. executed hilariously too, because it's not just, hey, garbage day, it's yeah. Garbage, garbage day. day you know it's, it's brilliant it's brilliant it's right. and it the script at times like i actually have a theory that they took a porn script and repurposed it because some of the dialogue in the hospital you're like y'all y'all be straight with me in in the original draft the the doctor and the patient started having sex didn't they they did didn't they that's yeah. what this is leading to it really sounds that way uh, but it's it's brilliant. And if you've never seen Silent Night, Deadly Night 1, don't worry. The first half of the movie is basically recapping Silent Night, Deadly Night 1. So you don't even need to watch it. You can just dive into part two and know everything you need to know. So are we going to do that for a live tweet slash Patreon thing together? Girl, I'll happily do it. I did it a couple years ago with the, it was a, last year, year before, I think the last drive-ins Christmas special did it. And that was a blast. I, I wrote an article it. for Belladonna a number of years ago, which was, uh, I watched all the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies so you don't have to. Mm. And that was my first exposure to that one specifically. I'd seen the original and I think I'd seen like part, I don't know, four, five, whichever one with the toys. Um, but I went straight through all of them. Part two is by far my favorite. Nice. <laughs> yeah. What All right, we'll have to do it. Uh, I have been watching none of the things that you've been watching. Um, all fair. the things I've been watching have been comedy-based lately, with the except. Well, actually, I guess Hotel uh, Camarillo was also comedy-based, <laughs> but that <laughs> was uh, Unintentional. unintentionally. <laughs> um, I'm really, really excited because Nicole Byer just came out with her very first hour set uh, on Netflix. Um, oh, nice. Her comedy hour just released on Tuesday? 
Wednesday. I'll have to watch that. This I like week. her. She's amazing. I love her so much. You know how much I love her. I listen I to do. all of her podcasts. And when you got um, me into her, I I wasn't super familiar with her before you started talking about her. Yeah, and this is like I've seen her stand up before, like in person, and it's wonderful. And she just has like a completely different energy doing actual stand-up for an hour than she does in a podcast. It's just very different. Um, and the jokes, ooh, some of my favorite jokes she told. And then there's some really new ones that I've never heard that I was like, oh, my God, these are gold. It's very good. My, It's just the, the intro is her doing a pole dance wearing hamburger lingerie. Um, yes. I'm here and for it. And then the best part is it shows – her, it's supposed to be swinging off the pole and like landing on the stage, but they very clearly use like a dummy and <laughs> just throw <laughs> the dummy on the stage. It's very funny. Um, Kenny, have you seen it yet? I have not seen it yet. Oh, you got to see it. Oh, um, but yeah, I watched that this week. I was like, that was the one thing I was like, I must watch this when it comes out. So I did. Um, and then the other thing that I was really excited about launching or not launching, but coming out is season two part two of pen 15 which is on hulu which is literally my childhood reenacted so it's really a good time because there are references in there that like they hit so on the head that like you at the time never thought about but seeing it you're like oh yeah i had that i had that ring that would open up and be chapstick and then you use it and put it on your lips i had one of those like that kind of stuff. It's just, it's great. It's, so it's, it's not so the story, awkward. It's them and the stuff they do. Yes. The chapstick. It's the nuances. The hairdo, the nuances. Oh, yes. right on. Yes, yes, yes. It's so good. Have you seen it, Kenny? I've seen the first season. Yes, it's oh, fantastic. So it's good. funny as fuck. So yeah. good. Her little denim bathing suit that she had, I definitely had one of those. What? Was that a California thing? That was not a Pacific Northwest thing. Maybe. I don't know. It was but it does take place in Southern Northwest California, thing. I think, doesn't so it? So that yeah. would make sense. Yeah, that was yeah. not something that was a thing here, I will say. I think it was the brand Guess that had it. Right. Well, to <laughs> it was be like fair, a, pools are not a thing here. That's also true. Very <laughs> rare, yeah. rare occasion of a pool. But anyway, Kenny, uh, what have you been watching lately? Um, well, movie-wise, uh, yeah, so originally I thought it was going to be all about horror movies. So I, <laughs> Mine <laughs> but, usually is. Gabby's uh, usually isn't. <laughs> That's uh, fair. <laughs> well, I, I, I recently uh, saw a movie, I'll probably say like a month or two ago, that, was, uh, that, that really hit. Uh, that. It's not recent, but it's about a month ago, but it still resonates with me to this day. There's a movie called Titan. It's a French mm. extreme horror movie. Yes, and it was the biggest like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah. And it's a, it's a very weird movie, and it's hard to like not hard not to give away uh, plot points in that movie. But uh, mainly, it's about this this woman who uh, got hit by a car when she was a child, and because of that, she uh, is capable of falling in love with cars, what? and. Uh, so, like, when she gets older, she becomes, like, a uh, – you get introduced to her as a woman uh, – when she becomes a woman as a – like, a, a car show model, I would call it. Mm-hmm. And from there on, you know, uh, you, things start to unravel about her character. But before we learn more about her, she actually um, meets a car that becomes sentient and she actually – has sex with the car, let's put it oh, that way. Yeah. And then we start unraveling, discovering more and more about herself, and it becomes 
very, very anxiety driven. It just kind of gives me the same feeling as like, uh, well, see you later. <laughs> Not intended, but <laughs> anxiety driven. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> but <laughs> wow, I did not see that kind of. It just comes out of me. These puns, these things, these uh, references. Uh, but what happened was is that as we as she started reveal, uh, reveal, starts to reveal herself, she finds out that um, she's pregnant with the car's kid. What? And yep. so all cars this stuff starts. Semen? Oh, this is insane. So this is what I'm saying. It's, it's insane. So like, I, I don't want to give about. I don't want to talk about the character development and all that stuff because that's a whole different thing. But um, the more you learn about her, you, you the more you learn about her character, uh, you start to what was it? You start to. Uh, uh, the, the the fact that she's pregnant with a car gets pushed to the back of your head, yeah. So you and you get this insight. I was trying to say you, you, the, the when you discover more and more about her, it, there's a level of anxiety that you get from that movie Uncut Gems, where like the whole movie to me was like it was even Good Times, the movie before that. It's just a fucking stream of anxiety scenarios, and so it's so anxiety driven that you forget that. Oh yeah, by the way, she's also carrying a car. You know, like Steve, like like Lightning McQueen is about to shoot out of her fucking vagina at, at any point in time. <laughs> Shit. Wait, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. Would she no longer be a mom but a garage? Yes. I'm using one of my yeah, eye rolls. This mom. is one of my eye rolls, Gabby. <laughs> I'm using them right now. <laughs> she she would be a garage. <laughs> <laughs> she, she would be a total. Garage. Oh man. Oh boy. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I usually this is the type of reaction I get from other people. This is the first time me understanding how these other people feel. Good welcome Lord. to my You're world. Welcome. This is the type of things I say, and then I kind of want to get into that car that's driven by Thelma and Louise and go off the cliff with them. You know, is that the child? Yeah. I've always pictured, like, I, I do a bad job. I do say a bad joke. I just, I just hear that car pull up next to me. I'm like, well, see you later. Yeah. I just, the car. I just <laughs> drive by. Just and like, it, cuts, it cuts to that scene like, you know, mm-hmm. off the cliff. <laughs> That's all it is. And then like the mm-hmm. other movie I just, I, I actually did see recently. And that, that would be Ghostbusters Afterlife. That movie was fucking fantastic from top to bottom. And it's just, and it's, not because of just of, of, not just because of bias. I mean, I do love Ghostbusters like a mofo. I, just, I have to be clear, but it really was a good, uh, 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 a well-rounded Ghostbusters uh, movie. I mean, uh, it hit all. It, it, it was a good continuation, and most importantly, I think it was the best love letter to Harold Ramis uh, I've ever seen. And I, and you know what? That could be a spoiler, but I think by now, I think hopefully everybody's seen it. It's about to. It's about to. I haven't seen it yet. Well, it's just, well, watch it. I'm not. You know, it's a love letter to Harold Ramis. You'll find out why. But okay. Like, you know. You didn't give anything away though. That's nothing fine. was given away. But yeah. it's 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 it's. I'll tell you know what. One word. It's tender. It's tender. Tender, just like you. Tender. That's all. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Kenny, for sharing, and thank you, Kim. And this was so fun. Honestly, like yeah, this, this is was a great time. Thanks for having me. Great. great time. Thank you for joining us, Kenny. It was such a lovely time having you. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to do it again sometime, but we'll see. Cross that bridge later. But thank you to everyone who is listening for your support. If you like what we do, we have a Patreon. Check it out. It's under Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. If you feel, you know, like donating and seeing some fun bloopers, there's going to be a bunch from this episode. I'll tell you that. Uh, oh, it's going to be a good 
good time. Um, so, you know, you give us a little dollars, we give you a couple laughs. It's a good time. Um, but also, it just really helps us produce this podcast and give you the things that you love. So mm-hmm. anything that you feel like donating, we really appreciate. If you can't donate, head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating and a review. It's very helpful to help other people find our podcast. And also, it's just nice. Like, we like reading a nice review. So just, you know, make our day. Uh, Makes my also, heartbeat. All of our social medias are on the internet, interblebs, places. Just look up Ghoulish Tendencies Podcast. Uh, it's also our website is ghoulishtendencies.com. All of our show notes, references, social meds are all on there too. So thank you so much for listening. Hope you're having a great week, guys. Happy winter. And stay, stay.